Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to our number two of today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you, and whether you're listening on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you're choosing to listen via the live stream, you can find on ESPNTucson.com. We do appreciate you tuning in. I know that you have a, uh, a, a choice of where to lend your ears to gather your sports news and information and entertainment. We do appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show, which is Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Also, if you're listening in the future or if you're looking to listen in the future to podcasts, you can find those anywhere you get your podcast: Amazon, Audible, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn. Okay, you can download the uh, the Jeff Dean Show podcast there. We upload it after the show every single day. It's usually there by by noon at the latest. Uh, every single day, Mary does a great job of getting it up there right away, so you can grab your podcast and move on with your day and listen at your leisure. We do appreciate it. So we have a ton of NFL to get into still as we move into Thursday night. Okay, tomorrow. Obviously, they'll have a big NFL kind of preview show because the NFL season starts tomorrow. And you can't make pre- – I, I was talking to a friend of mine. Okay, she's a big college football fan. She's an Arkansas fan. We'll forgive her. Okay? I was talking to a friend of mine last weekend, and uh, I was like, I was like, well, I go, who did you pick to win the national championship? And this is like in the middle of Saturday, right? Because she's, she's – Arkansas did not play well on Saturday. They barely escaped with a win uh, against an FCS school. I can't remember who it was. And so I'm like – because I, I said something like, I said, well, there, you know, there goes my pick for the national championship this year, Oklahoma, which was the team that I picked. And I picked Spencer Rattler to win the Heisman. Neither of those are probably going to happen based on what I saw from the Alabama performance against Miami on Saturday. And she was like, oh, that's a terrible pick, Oklahoma, ha-ha. And I go, well, who did you pick? She goes, I haven't picked anybody yet. I'm like, wait, what? What do you mean you haven't picked anybody yet? She said, well, I haven't picked anybody yet. I'm like, how could you not pick? Like, season started. You got to pick somebody. You can't have a preseason pick two weeks into the season. That doesn't count. <laughs> What's wrong with people? And she's a she's a savvy sports fan. I'm like, how do, you, how do you not know this? So, I have to make my picks for the NFL season. The, my official picks for the NFL season are going to be tomorrow. So tune in for that because uh, I'm sure it'll be a laugher. And then tomorrow, also remember, it's September 9th. And do we know what September 9th is, fans? It's when sportsbooks go legal here in the state of Arizona. I'm telling you, I'm so excited for this. I've been waiting for this for a long time. I'm not a huge sports gambler. I do like to dabble a little bit here and there. And when I go to Vegas, because the old when in Rome kind of thing, I would definitely – look, I, I'm kind of one of those by-the-book people. I don't, I don't like, break the law and stuff like that. So I, I didn't set up any offshore accounts during this time off, you know, b- between when it was legal and when it was illegal – I wasn't, you know, betting with, you know, places that are in Aruba or whatever. Um, I just, I, you know, I kept it by the book. If I was in Vegas, I'd throw some shekels down in some games. Now I can do it on my phone legally starting tonight at 12.01. Right after midnight, I'll be asleep, but I'll have to do it in the morning. But uh, this is, I'm, like, super excited for this. And, look, there's an interesting story. We'll, we'll talk about it here. Right, let's just talk about it now because I'm already talking about it, so I'll talk about it now. I was going to wait, but we'll just do it now. Now, state of Arizona has, I think they're the 14th state, 14th in line, to get to legalize sports gambling. And they're, like, they're going at it full force because the governor, Doug Ducey, signed in a, a bill 
in April that allowed not only you know sports gambling but also to expand on that that professional sports teams could set up their own gambling systems they could have their own sports books so like the Phoenix Suns can have their own sports book and they do like on premises they have their own retail site on premises if you go to a Phoenix Suns game at the Footprint Center you can go go do your sports booking there the Arizona Cardinals have set up their own sports book it'll debut next season in their stadium the Arizona Diamondbacks have plans to put one at the at uh, uh, Chase Field coming up. So the, the sports teams are now allowed to have their own sports book. Uh, Phoenix Raceway for NASCAR, they're going to have their own sports book. Like, it's, it's incredible. Like, the amount of, of, I guess, engagement from the local teams uh, has been huge because of this bill that was signed. Now, the bill was trying to be blocked by the Yavapai Prescott Indian Tribe. They wanted the law, uh, you know, basically blocked by a judge uh, claiming that it was it, it violated the Voter Protection Act uh, because it illegally amended a 2002 voter initiative that authorized tribal gambling in Arizona um, because it now is allowing non-tribal groups to have gambling operations. And a judge ruled yesterday. Now, the judge sat in on Monday, on Labor Day, he, he, he presided on, on Labor Day on Monday on a, on a you know, national holiday um, and sat in, which is extremely rare. Obviously, he wanted to make sure that the tribe was heard, that they had their case, because they came in like very late in the process. Obviously, it's Thursday. They wanted this thing blocked. Uh, it took them forever to get, their, to get their P's and Q's together and present this, you know, this refusal, essentially, uh, and the, the the judge did them you know all the favors in the world. He sat in on the Labor Day, had a hearing in, on on Labor Day to to you know have a to hear arguments and things like that. And yesterday he said, nope, this is this is absolutely nothing. It has nothing to do with being non constitutional. He refused to block the uh, the new Arizona law that allows sports gambling to be run by the by the sports teams. And so that's it. I mean that's you know it's, unless they want to take it to the to the Supreme Court. That's over. It's over and done with. So sports booking is going live tomorrow in the state of Arizona, and sports teams here in the state of Arizona are going to be allowed to have their own sports books. Now, there are there were 20 licenses handed out in the state of Arizona, 10 for sports teams, 10 for gaming casinos. Okay, So there's 10 gaming casinos that are going to – I think there's 22 total in the state of Arizona uh, that are vying for these 10 spots. Obviously, there are a lot fewer pro sports teams, so the number is a little bit skewed. Um, I, I think I would have rather seen, you know, maybe 15 and 5 as opposed to 10 and 10, but you want to be fair, I get it. Uh, so so there will be 10 sports books at gaming. The gaming casinos can have the sports book. They just have to apply for a different type of, uh, of like, a, a license with the state to do other things. So interesting stuff going on in the world of sports betting, and we'll, of course, keep you all apprised of that here. And if you want to just do it online like I do, FanDuel Sports app is the way to go. We'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. Now, the NFL, the, you, you hear me tout The Athletic all the time. It's, it's my favorite website for sporting articles. They have the best writers in the business. They really do. I mean, if, if you follow guys on Twitter and you're like, I like that guy. He works for The Athletic. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Like, they got, they got all the dudes. Okay? And their NFL dudes are better than everybody else's NFL dudes. And they put together their list this year. 
of the NFL 100s, their Athletics NFL 100 list, which is to complete a list of 100 players who they consider the best players in pro football history, and they rank them 100 to 1. Today, number 1 was announced. Number 1 is number 12, who's going to be playing tomorrow night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know if it's I don't think it's any surprise Tom Brady was listed as the number 1 player in the history of the NFL according to the Athletic. It's hard to argue their logic. It really is um based on the you know the, the writers and the voters that had a say in this took seven world championships he's got tons of record in tow he's 44 years old he's not showing any like uh, does he look like he's slowing down to you we saw him was it six years ago when he was in new england and everybody thought his arm was dead because he was dirting the ball uh, and yes he probably had a little bit of an injury tom brady said two weeks ago that the basically uh, freeing up this this hamstring injury that he's had for so long, he said he feels ten years younger. Now I don't know if that's Tom Brady just trolling people in the NFL or just being a jerk to all of us old guys who can barely get out of bed in the morning, let alone go and run around a football field with a bunch of guys who were paid millions of dollars to knock your block off. But he said he feels ten years younger. And he says he can't believe he can't believe what a difference this surgery this pr- this procedure that he had has made in his in his life it is you know how athletic he feels now I don't expect Tom Brady to go running around like Lamar Jackson here and even Tom Brady goes I'm not going to be out, out there like Michael Vick he's like but I feel a lot more mobile which is not fair <laughs> so the athletic says Tom Brady is number one all time I, look I gave up the fight a couple of I get well I gave up the fight officially. This past season, after the Super Bowl, after the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won, I was holding on for dear life as Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. I finally gave that up. Tom Brady is the best of all time. I will not step off of that uh, until someone else supplants him. Tom Brady's number one. There's, there's just, there's no longer a doubt in my mind that he's the greatest quarterback of all time. Joe Montana's second, number one in my heart, <laughs> number two in my brain, though. Okay. So I gave that up, you know, just you know, eight months ago or whatever it was, seven months ago. If you say that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, then you must, I guess, agree that he is also the greatest player of all time. It is the most difficult position in all of sports, NFL quarterback, by far. No one will disagree with you. No one who played professional sports, whether they played point guard in the NBA whether they were a closer in Major League Baseball or if they were a goalie or a centerman in the NHL, they will, 99% of them will agree that playing quarterback in the NFL is the most difficult position in sports to play. If he is the greatest quarterback of all time, then I guess you must admit that he's the greatest player of all time, right? Is that, is that kind of how it goes? Now, I held on for a long time, even stay, you know, stating that Joe Montana was the greatest player, uh, the greatest quarterback of all time, I held on for a long time stating that Jerry Rice was the greatest player of all time. And people would look at me like, what? And I'd say, yeah, I picked a wide receiver. I think he's the greatest player of all time. When he retired, when Jerry, the day that Jerry Rice retired, he was the holder of 19 NFL records, 19. (laughs) He still holds on to a lot of them. And two of those records ain't nobody breaking his receiving yards record. 
nobody's even cl- Larry Fitzgerald, who probably has played his final game, unless he, you know, hooks up with a team midseason this year to try to go win a ring, you know, tries to cherry pick a, a ring, which I'm fine with. I, I got, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with that he paid his dues here in Arizona. He can go cherry pick all he wants. He's earned it. Okay. Even if Larry Fitzgerald was to play for another two seasons, his chance to get the receiving yards record is slim to none. He needs like 3,800 more yards to catch Jerry Rice. Almost 23,000 receiving yards in his career. 23,000, folks. And touchdowns, he's the most prolific touchdown scorer in the history of the NFL from a position who must score from somebody throwing them the football. This is not one-yard runs by Emmitt Smith with the greatest offensive line in the history of the game. This is not... You know, just handing the ball off and you know, tunneling forward three times at the you know, over a chance at the end zone. This is a wide receiver who scored 208 touchdowns in his career, several rushing touchdowns as well. They'd hand the ball on end arounds and reverses. He'd score that way too. So, for the longest time, I thought that Jerry Rice was the greatest player in NFL history. I, it's tough. It's tough for me to step off of that because he is. He's my idol. He's my all-time favorite player. The only time, look, I, I've met thousands of celebrities in my time, whether it be movie stars, uh, music acts in my time in, in FM, music, radio, and athletes. I mean, th- we're talking thousands, maybe, yeah, uh, like eight, 9,000 celebrities, what you consider celebrity famous people, okay? Recognizable status. I was nervous once in my life. The day that I met Jerry Rice, starstruck once, and I, I, you know, I still hold on to that. Like I remember how I felt when I knew that I was going to have a chance to interview him and sit next to him, and just talk to the greatest of all time. Now it's it's very difficult for me to move him off of that number one spot because I have fought for so long that Jerry Rice was the greatest football player ever to live. I'm still not ready to give it up, but, man, am I close. Because you look at the resume, and the Athletic makes a really compelling argument for it. If you want to check out the list, if you don't have the Athletic, again, I think they're still running a special, a subscription special right now through through this weekend. Check it out. It's it's an amazing read. I've been following along. And in case you wanted to know their top five, I guess you you want spoiler alerts or whatever, you can turn the channel down or whatever, turn the volume down. Because their top five, I, I think, would be my same top five, just in different arrangement. Their top five, Tom Brady, number one. Okay, They have Jim Brown, number two. I have Jim Brown on my list. If I were making a 100 list, Jim Brown would be number three on my list. He's the greatest running back of all time. And when, pe- when I say that to people, they go, oh, yeah. Because we always have this conversation, right? You've had this conversation in bars with your buddies. All right, top five running backs of all time, go. And they go, Emma Smith, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. They go through the whole list, and everybody forgets the name Jim Brown, who is inarguably, folks, inarguably the greatest running back in the history of football. Period. End of story. Averaged 104 yards rushing per game, which is five more than the second best player in the history of the NFL. Five more yards per game than anyone else. He did it in an era when... The defenders could grab you by the face mask and pull you directly to the ground. They could pick you up and body slam you. They could deliver clotheslines to your throat and neck area. They could rip your head off. 
and it would be fine by the rules of the game. He dominated every single facet of a football game. And there's a story, and I don't think it will ever be substantiated or proven to be true, but it almost sounds like, yeah, it's believable to me, that Jim Brown never had a negative rushing attempt in his career. Never. He was one yard or more on every time he touched the football. According to historians, they say that it's true. Members of the Browns organization from back in the day, obviously, they, they tout that as being true as well. Only a nine-year pro. He was an all-pro every single year except for the one year. The greatest running back of all time. I have him number three. The Athletic has him number two. The Athletic has Jerry Rice number three. I have Jerry Rice number one. Tom Brady's number two on my list. Number four on the Athletic list is Lawrence Taylor. Folks, if you never watched Lawrence Taylor play, <laughs> you, you missed something remarkable. One of, the, one of the most highly respected coaches in the history of football, college or pro, Bill Walsh, one of the most innovative minds in the history of the game, developer of the West Coast offense and many, many other things, said that Lawrence Taylor is the single best player he's ever seen in his life. I'll take it. I, I take that as gospel. When a guy like Bill Walsh says something like that, he said that Lawrence Taylor is a single best player, and Bill Walsh had a, pretty, a, f- a few pretty good players during his time in college and pro. I'll take that as gospel. I'll believe the man. When he says Lawrence Taylor is the greatest player he's ever seen, single greatest player he's ever seen, yeah. And then I was really happy to see this because uh, I, I just I love the guy. I love the way he played the game. Now, just so you know, they have Joe Montana number six on their list. I probably would have tried to find a way to put Joe in the top six, but it's real tough to knock him out of the number five spot, which I agree with, to be honest with you, and that's Reggie White. Reggie White, the defensive end, defensive tackle for so long, Philadelphia, Green Bay, was just one of the most dominant players at that position ever. I mean, he was the best defensive lineman to ever play the game. He he could beat you in so many ways. I remember watching, remember watching Reggie White play, and in one play he would head slap that would knock a, a 320-pound offensive lineman right on his shoulders. Then he would come in the next play with an underneath swim move that would lift a 320-pound man up into the air and just drop him and run underneath him. And then on the next play he would spin move and ran, and run around a guy and beat a either a tight end or a running back to get to the quarterback. He had every tool in the tool bag and more. And he was a master of every tool. The the greatest defensive lineman ever. So when you when you say Joe Montana is not in your top 5 even though I just gave up having him as my the greatest quarterback of all time, it's a long fall because of all the other great players that are on that list. Tom Brady Jerry Rice, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, Reggie White. I mean, uh, yeah, you got to put Joe Montana six, right? They also have uh, Peyton Manning seven. Walter Payton is eight. It's a little high for me. I love, don't get me wrong, I love Walter Payton. I love me some sweetness. I think it might be a little high. Johnny Unitas nine, Dick Butkus ten. Dick Butkus doesn't get the credit that he deserves for everything that he did during his time in the NFL. Absolutely ridiculous. Just a, a remarkable football player. 
So that's some of the list right there. We'll continue on with some more of that because I have, I have some other like notes from uh, like notables and stuff like former U of A guys and notable names I think that are interesting of where they where they slotted those uh, uh, those particular players at. Arizona sports betting is here. We talked about it. FanDuel Sportsbook is celebrating with forty to one odds on a Week One game. And who doesn't want to win $200 on a $5 bet? To do that, you sign up with the promo code DEAN, that's D-E-A-N, and you could win $200 on that $5 bet. Just use the promo code DEAN when you sign up. Now, it's just that simple. New customers get 40 to 1 odds on your first wager, and FanDuel Sportsbook is making it really, really simple with their easy-to-use app. Just go to the uh, FanDuel app, download it, and you're off and running. Plus, when you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. Now, also, if you want to win two, uh, two tickets to tomorrow night's football launch party at the Footprint Center that's going on uh, where the Phoenix Suns play, of course, there's free food in an open bar. Yeah. <laughs> Color me there. There's going to be plenty of swag giveaways and all that kind of stuff. So visit them on September 9th, and the first 250 bets placed at the FD Sportsbook will receive a pair of tickets to the, uh, to the launch party. So check that out as well. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. They're always hooking you up with exclusive betting odds, great promotions, and so much more. Just sign up with the promo code DEAN, and you could win $200 on your $5 bet. That's promo code D-E-A-N exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over must present in Arizona. New users only. $10 first deposit required. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bonus is $200. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. More NFL after this. It's the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back here to the Jeff Dean Show. We're going to be joined by the CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company coming up in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. Talk about all the delicious product that they're churning out this year and their involvement with Sonoran Restaurant Week. That's coming up in uh, probably about six minutes or so from now. Now, we're talking about the NFL, the Athletics NFL 100 list, which came out. It, it's been coming out every day for the last 100 days, but today was when they announced uh, player number one, which was Tom Brady. Now, some of the notables on the list for you uh, local fans out there wondering if any Wildcats made the list, I bet you can name the one Wildcat on the list. And it was a pretty nice honor for Rob Gronkowski being named number 56 on the NFL's uh, on, the, on the Athletics all-time NFL list. One of the 56 greatest players in the history of the NFL. Yeah, not only do I agree, but uh, very happy for for Rob. Uh, not that this is going to garner him any kind of uh, notoriety. He speaks for himself. But uh, nice to be honored in that way and, and acknowledged by the the uh, the guys and the uh, the gals at the Athletic who have been voting on this. Other notables: Emmett Smith came in at twenty nine. The NFL's all time leading rusher, touchdown score for for uh, running backs. Yeah, that was interesting. Only 29 for Emmett Smith. I know he gets a lot of credit. And I know a lot of people, when you have that conversation, top five running backs all time, go. Uh, anybody who says Emmett Smith, the first person, there's always somebody, that offensive line did everything for him. Yeah, yeah, okay. There have been plenty of running backs to play with great offensive lines. Very few of them put up the numbers. Well, none of them put up the exact numbers that Emmett Smith did. But very few of them came close to putting up the numbers that Emmett Smith did. I would have moved Emmett Smith up a little bit higher. But, again, there's a lot of players in the way that are just like, no, can't move that guy out. Barry Sanders, always on that list of top five running backs ever, came in at 27, shortened career, had a lot of negative yard uh, plays in his career, obviously. 
Barry Sanders is great, and I think he's probably the owner of the greatest college football season, single season for a single player in the history of the game. 2,600 yards and 37 touchdowns in one season at Oklahoma State in 11 games. So they had 10-game seasons plus the bowl game. Ridiculous numbers. He came in at 27. Interesting tier two is the the athletic. They paired Favre and Rodgers together. Not at the same number. Favre came in at 22. Aaron came in at 21. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. They, they put them together. As far as the teams with the most players on the NFL 100 list, uh, list the, uh, the Packers and the Raiders both tied for the most with 11. The Bengals had one, Anthony Munoz, and the Jaguars had zero. Not surprised by that. Uh, most prolific positions, quarterback obviously number one with 18 on the list, running back 15, and then some defensive players, linebacker, corner, defensive end, and then your, uh, your big guys, tackles, centers, guards, and safeties. Only three safeties on the list. There was Ronnie Lott, Ed Reed, and uh, Rod Woodson. So interesting that they left uh, a very interesting safety off of that list, who I'll get to in just a moment. Top colleges represented in the Athletics NFL, NFL 100 list. USC, number one, five players on the list from USC. Number two was Pitt. Aaron Donald on the list, Dan Marino, and a couple other greats that played at Pitt back in the day. So USC and Pitt, the top two teams, there was like 17 schools with uh, three players on the list, and then a ton more with two and just one. So USC, and that, that's going to change, obviously. Alabama, I think, had three in the list. I think Miami had three in the list. Those numbers are going to start to go up as time develops, and, of course, especially what Alabama is turning out right now into the NFL. Now, as far as my snubs go, we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit because we're going to take a break because we're going to talk some Sonoran Restaurant Week with Borderlands Brewing Company CEO. Stay tuned. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. 836 on your Wednesday morning here in Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. And now we get to talk one of my other favorite topics. And we're talking craft beer and one of the best purveyors in the city of Tucson and the entire state of Arizona, Borderlands Brewing Company. We're joined by their CEO, S. Turan, joining us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. S., what's up, man? Good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Pleasure being on, on the radio. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for joining us today because you guys are obviously involved in Sonoran Restaurant Week that's coming up. It's going to be from September 10th to September 19th, the 10-day event in the city of Tucson, all kinds of great restaurants, and, of course, your delicious brewery churning out all kinds of uh, delicious brews for the city of Tucson and for everybody around that wants to enjoy great craft beer. When, when did you decide to get this thing rolling? So we, we, we work with the community very closely, and we were um, talking about another project with uh, the folks over at Visit Tucson, and that's where uh, they reached out to us, and, and, and they, they asked us um, if we wanted to participate in this, given that we, we do partner up with a local food truck that um, focuses on Sonoran-specific infusion food. So, so we thought it was appropriate, uh, and and you know we worked throughout the entire community with different kinds of brews and local ingredients uh, from the region, 
and it, it, it was a no-brainer. S, take it, take us back to where it all began for you in Borderlands. How how long ago was it? When did you guys get your start? Where how humble were the beginnings of Borderlands Brewing Company? <laughs> oh man, the good old days, right? <laughs> um, so we started we started over ten years ago um, here in Tucson. We started very little. Uh, our production was very small. We kind of like what everybody else does. We start doing like a little bit of nano brewing. And over the years, uh, we've acquired new talent. Ayla Kapai uh, is a leading brewer here in the industry, and she's really perfected most of our recipes. And with her leadership, you know, we were also recognized by the, um, what is it, the Tucson City of Gastronomy. They, you, you know, they do the, the UNESCO designation. So uh, last year, they... They uh, recognize Borderlands as one of the brewing brewing companies here in Tucson that 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 can get that designation because we work with local ingredients. We we foment the the community partnerships and and, and essentially work you know uh, across the border multiple times to ensure that we either use ingredients from them and we also. Um, encourage collaborations between different breweries um, across the border as well. What is, I mean, obviously philosophies can, you know, they, they start off as one thing and they kind of, uh, I guess, evolve into other things, and, and especially with brewers and things like that, because certain types of beers get hot and certain types of beers get cold as far as, like, the, the market and things like that. How has your philosophy changed over the years? How has it evolved from, from when you began till today? Well, that's a great question, Jeff. Um, so it, essentially what we do, we try to stay true to our roots. Um, we do have staple beers. We did can the first sour beer in the whole state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a, and that's the Citrana. We have another uh, flagship beer, which is the Noche Dulce. It's a vanilla porter. We specifically make it a point to import the vanilla from the Yucatan Peninsula. Uh, we use uh, very, very different types of hops for our Tool Avenue IPA, which is a, uh, a hop IPA, a little bit different than what we're used to. So, I mean, the idea is to, to focus on quality ingredients. Uh, we understand that the craft beer industry, you know, it's, uh, people can go other places, and, and we understand that people like a good, fine product. They're willing to pay the price for it. So and go out of their way to find it as well. So we want to make sure that our ingredients and the quality of the product is always um, up to the standards that we want them to be. As you mentioned, my favorite of the Borderlands beer is the Dolce Dolce uh, Vanilla Porter. It is. I've had a lot of different vanilla porters. They you know they became pretty popular about ten twelve years ago, and you know tried them out you know back then. And you guys have. I, I mean, you said you want to get you know, vanilla from the Yucatan Peninsula. It is the smoothest-tasting vanilla porter I've ever had. <laughs> well, I'm glad you like it. It's going to be part of the Sonoran Restaurant Week, too. So we thought it was appropriate, given that uh, we, we utilize those, those ingredients. Uh, I mean, but we, you know, one, one of the other things, just to answer your, your previous questions, was we also adapt. We're trying to come up with new recipes new brands we have a prickly pear wheat that we obviously harvest from the from the from the region here and, and we love the fact that we're having this monsoon because that means that we're going to have a lot more prickly pear for the for the entire year we do uh an horchata beer which 
you know it's a, it's it's a, it's a very common mexican drink and and it's and it's been it's been in, in, in Tucson. I'm sure you've been exposed to that, Jeff. Um, so, you know, we, we, we try to do something different, something, something Tucson. And, and I think that's what people love as well. Yes, you are speaking my language, dude. You mentioned the prickly pear wheat, which is my second favorite of all the Borderlands beers because <laughs> I, do, I do love wheat beers. I'm, I'm more of a, uh, a German-style kind of beer guy. As a, you know, I, I, love, I love box and wheat beers and things like that. And the prickly pear, I love prickly pear anything. And your prickly pear wheat is on point. Now you said the horchata cream ale. I want to try that because that, is that new for you guys? Um, we've had it. We've had it for for a couple of years. Okay. Um, we perfected the recipe a little bit more, and now we're getting ready to can it. It's available in twelve off on cans. Our tap room. We're trying to see how people are are, are uh, reacting towards uh, towards having that. Everybody loves having cans now. You hardly ever get people to go into the tap room and. And, and fill out their growlers. So I think that was one of the things that changed during the pandemic. It was just the, the ability to can most of your products. So so that's, that's one of the things. And I'm sure you haven't tried the michelada, which no. is uh, a little in-house mix that we did. And, it's, you know, it takes off on the, the, the Mexican beer combination of uh, Clamato and, and beer. You know? <laughs> a little tahini on there. Yeah, yeah, tahini, a lot of moy rim, you know, oh, yes. it's delicious. Um, <laughs> and speaking of uh, of the wheat beers, we just did a collab with the brewery down in San Carlos in the state of Sonora. It's about four hours or five hours south, um, and we did a mango wheat with them, and it should be ready about this week as well. So stop by the tap room, and if you like those those wheat beers, that I hear, according to Eli, I talked to her yesterday, she said it was delicious. I am on that, dude. Wow. That sounds, that sounds I, I, I want it all, man. I want it all, S. What are some of the, 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 like the fan favorites? I know I've listed a few of them. What are, what are some of the other fan favorites from Borderlands? Well, the Tool, the tool by far is yeah. one of the – the Tool Avenue IPA is one of the, the best sellers. Um, last year, we started doing some infusions with, that, with those and a little bit of variations with the Tool Avenue. We do a pineapple coconut Tool Avenue. Uh, we do a peach mango Tool Avenue. And I think there's one more, and I think it's Orange uh, Tool Avenue as well. So, so the Tool Avenue is definitely one of our flagship um, beers that we have. But what I, I personally love the core brands, which is the Noche Dulce, the Citrana, you know, those prickly pears. Those, that's, those, that's just good product right there. And, yeah. you know, if, if it's working, why change it, right? Exactly. It ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> now – as far as like what you guys are doing with Sonoran Restaurant Week, you guys have you guys have pairings at your at your tap room that people can go and, and sample beers and some of the food that y'all have. Correct, correct. Yes, we can do that. Um, specifically to to the packages that we're offering, we wanted to keep a real authentic, real Sonoran, real this region. So we do make uh, a Sonoran taco flight, which is their carne asada tacos, but each taco is different. Uh, one's a regular one. The other one has mushrooms, uh, obviously the carne asada, cheese, uh, bacon. And then there's another one that has those refried beans. Um, it, they're pretty delicious. And the tortillas, there we, we got this uh, recipe from down south. So we, we recreate it here. And they're a little bit thicker. The, the little um, flour tortillas are not like the ones that you normally get here in, in, in Tucson. They're a little bit thicker. And 
Uh, I think people really like them. You're killing me, man. I'm sitting here looking up. I, I literally have a, a mug of water in front of me right now. That's all I've got. And I'm, we're talking about this beer and food, and I, I've already been up for five hours. All I want to do is go and, and uh, have oh, some no. and lunch and beer and all kinds of stuff. But I'll be down there this weekend. I'm going to definitely come in and uh, check you guys out. Now, your favorite beer, according to your bio, is sitting in a tin can. But I, I am not familiar with that beer. I've never seen it at the tap room of the few times that I've been there before. What's up with that? So it's a, it, it's a double IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally that beer is very popular during the winter because it's a little, a little heavier. It's still a hazy IPA, uh, but it's just a higher alcohol context. So normally our production team decides to make that around this time. That's when they start brewing it. And funny that you, that you say that, that you mentioned that, because it is my favorite beer. And although, you know, I'm one of the owners and the CEO, a lot of times I'm I'm pitching this idea in the middle of the summer. I'm like, what about sitting in a tin can? And then I get shut down, right? <laughs> but luckily for us, uh, we're going to start production um, in the next couple of weeks. So we will have that for this season, this fall season. So, Jeff, I think I, I, I strongly recommend you trying that because it's a, it's a really, really good uh, double IPA and by far one of my favorites. What's the ABV on that puppy? I believe it's 10.5. Oh, yes. Yes. Bring it. All right. Well, yeah, right. S, I really appreciate it, man. This was this was wonderful. I love I love talking craft beer with the creators of the beer. I love talking creations of beer and philosophies with uh, with craft beer makers. And uh, this has been a real treat, man. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to coming down to the tap room this weekend and enjoying some of the delicious beer and food that you guys offer. And uh, everybody can go and check it out during Sonoran Restaurant Week from September 10th to September 19th. S. Turan, CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company. S., have a great day. Have a great rest of your week, man, and we'll see you soon, okay? You as well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show. Have You're welcome. That's S. Turan, CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company. Uh, listen, if you're listening to the show right now and you have never been there before, first of all, what the hell's wrong with you? Um, second of all, get your butt down there. Support Sonoran Restaurant Week. It starts in a couple of days. You got to you get ten days to get down there and, and check it out. They'll have a prefix menu as you as he mentioned the the carne asada with the bacon and cheese. Oh my god, <laughs> like salivating over here. I'm getting in trouble. I start stumbling over my words in a moment. It's what happens when I get hungry. So uh, yeah, go check it out. And uh, man, their beer is always so good. They have they have cornered the market in hazies. Like if you like hazies. That's your that's your go-to right there is Borderlands. They are the bomb when it comes to hazies and also like fruit infusion infusions as well, ghosts and sours and stuff. Really, really good product coming out of Borderlands. Always a pleasure to drink their beer. All right. Before we go to break, I'm going to give away some tickets or your chance to give me some tickets. Not to, I have to remind myself. I have to be legal here. I have to tell all the legal jargon. Your chance to win a pair of my tickets to this Saturday's U of A football home opener against the Aztecs right now. Text the word JED, J-E-D-D, to 68683. The number is 68683. The word is JED, J-E-D-D. Enter now for your chance to win. I believe uh, we're taking, we have a small window of, of which to take in all the entries. So text now, 68683. The word JED, message and data rates may still apply. We got the new coach. The desert is rising for your Arizona Wildcats, and it's time to bear down and support your team. And you can win my personal tickets to the game this Saturday coming up with your chance to win, and we'll announce the winners on Friday.
We're going to take a timeout. When I return, we'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. That's next right here on the ESPN Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Be there or be square at Main Gate Square this Friday from 3 to 6 for Bear Down Friday. Spears and Ali will be doing their show live from there. I will not be. I will be drinking beer and enjoying the Main Gate Square and the pep, the pep rally and everything and teasing Spears and Ali when, because it's uh, FCC violation to drink while you're on the air. But I will not be on the air. I will be enjoying myself along with all the other Wildcat fans that congregate down there as we join our community and cheering on the Wildcat football team as they get ready for their season home opener against the Aztecs of San Diego State, or as I like to call them, Falk U. Thanks to Marshall Falk, who uh, put them on the map. <laughs> Something I've always called them. People are like, excuse me, what? San Diego State fans don't like that, by the way. Uh, it's happening between 4 and 7. There's going to be happy hour specials there at the restaurants and the patios. I'll be sure to involve myself in several of those. The Junior Cats Activity Zone for the kids. Bring the whole family. And the pep rally begins at 6 o'clock with the Pride of Arizona Marching Band, the U of A Cheerleaders, Palm Squad, Twirlers, and, of course, our lovable mascot couple, Wilbur and Wilma. Also, chances to win tickets to the game and a whole lot more. For more information, go to ESPNTucson.com and Bear Down, Arizona. Cheer on your Wildcats with Bear Down Fridays, the 15th, the 15th uh, season of Bear Down Fridays. That's awesome. It's a great tradition, and uh, glad to carry that on, and I'll be down there. I'll be, I'll, be doing, I'll do the show Friday morning. I'll make all my horrible picks for the weekend, and then I'll be driving down to Tucson, and first place I'm going is Borderlands uh, Tap Room because I need me some tacos and beer, and then going to, uh, you know, you know, I'm not going to be getting all lit or anything like that. I can't be breaking the law. But if I do, get myself a driver, and uh, they will take good care of me, I'm sure. So real quick on the snubs, I'm going to get back to the NFL list, the NFL 100 list that the Athletic put out. I have my little list of snubs here, guys, that I think should have been on the 100 list that did not make it. It's tilted a little bit because of my fandom. It just so happens that a lot of people agree with me, okay? It's not just me. A lot of people in the profession that agree with me on several several of these players. The most recognizable snub from the list is Terrell, uh, Terrell, uh, excuse me, Terrell Owens. Um, I, his numbers, when you look at his numbers, like people are like, oh, Terrell Owens, okay, yeah, you know, he's the fourth best player in the, in the league. No, 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 uh-uh. Look at his numbers. His numbers are sick. They're insane. Now, granted, he had a dark cloud looming over his head the entire time because of what a horrible teammate he was. But – his numbers and his production speak for themselves. He's one of the most dominant receivers in the history of the NFL, certainly one of the most dominant between he and Randy Moss during the time that he was in the league, and he deserves to be on the NFL list of top 100 players of all time. Another guy, I mentioned him earlier in the show, Frank Gore. 15 seasons at running back. 15 after coming back from a brutal injury at a very young age. Frank Gore, his numbers are outstanding. He's one of the top running backs in the history of the game and has had longevity and availability, and he's, in, he's enhanced his game in so many ways, not to mention he's one of the greatest pass protection running backs in the history of the game of the NFL. He's so good at picking up pass protection. Thurman Thomas, not on their top 100 list. I think he deserves to be there. He was kind of that, you know, in that run-and-shoot offense that they had in Buffalo. He was the calming presence, essentially, the guy you could hand the ball off to or throw the ball to in case of, a, of an emergency. And he was like 
I, I felt like he was always the straw that stirred the drink there. It wasn't so much Jim Kelly as it was Thurman Thomas. I think that he deserves a ton of credit for all the success that Buffalo Bills had back in the day. I think he should be on the list. Another dominant wide receiver, Calvin Johnson. His numbers speak for themselves. Only nine seasons in the NFL, but he was the most gifted receiver I've ever seen on an NFL field, or any field for that matter. Most gifted receiver I've ever seen in person, on TV, doesn't matter. Like Just the amount of gifts that that guy had were insane, athletically ridiculous. Shannon Sharp, in my opinion, should be on the list. Kind of, uh, you know, that, that wide receiver, tight end type situation. Patrick Willis, I think he should be on the list. One of the single greatest middle linebackers in the history of the game. 175 tackles in his rookie season. Granted, his career was cut short because of a bad toe. And then Paul Krause, who? Safety back in the uh, 60s and 70s. He's the NFL's all-time leader in interceptions, and he's not on the top 100 list. Like, okay, well, you guys might have forgotten this guy. All right, well, gosh, I didn't get a chance to talk about everything I wanted to talk about, but we had a couple of great guests, thanks to Laura Reese, co-creator of Sonora Restaurant Week, and S. Turan, CEO of Borderlands Brewing Company, for joining us on the Jeff Dean Show today. Also, thanks to Mary back in studio for pushing all the buttons, keeping us on the air. Stay tuned for Spears and Ali today from 3 to 6 p.m. I will see you guys again tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. for another edition of the Jeff Dean Show, right here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino Del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. 1490 KFFN AM Tucson, KMXC HD4 Tucson.